Yeah, I think it's protecting your energy and understanding like some people need it and some people are taking it. And when they need it, you give it. When they're taking it, you block it and move into your, not defense, but you're comfortable. Welcome everyone to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to the ultimate shift. Today, we have the one, the only, Cisco Carter, along with Abby Bell. <laughs> uh, we also have Goldfish. We're sponsored by Goldfish today. Actually, I don't think I can say that. I don't, I don't think oh, so no. either. But yeah, um, yeah, we're not. We're not. We're speaking it into existence, <laughs> so it's going to be all right. So we were in the office, and Cisco happened to just be here, and so we decided we're going to ask Cisco questions that we think the general public would want to know about Cisco. So much pressure. I'm ready. <laughs> so. Abby, you had, some, you had some questions, so I'm going to let Abby ask some questions. Oh, gosh. This is my chance. As Cisco's assistant, this is my one and only chance to really get down deep in there. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't talk Who enough throughout the week. Who is Cisco Carter is what we want to know. Who are you? Not what do you do? I feel like the best way... <laughs> Like, if you were to describe me, I would be, like, God-fearing man, someone who's loving, compassionate, understanding. Fun-loving is literally the best word. I want to have the most fun and just, like, show everyone that they can do their best having fun, giving their all with like-minded people and spreading that community. I um, incorporate that in pretty much everything I do, whether it's cycling whether it's djing whether it's putting on events whether it's just cultivating relationships and maintaining the ones that i have i feel like you can leave everyone with a smile it's just finding something about them that you love and everyone has different ways my mom always would be like everyone deserves a compliment you just got to find the right one and so it's if it's not based off of like people's physical because that's what we see first you better get to talk to them. You better know more about them because everyone has something to offer this world. That's why they're here. And as a brother and a sister in Christ, like it's my goal to find it, serve okay. it, and push through it with them. So good. I know the first time I met you in um, Mackay, your favorite one of your favorite coffee shops. Shout out. Shout out. All I could see and hear was like, he is in a flow. I've never met anyone with such a like that presence of just like you're just you're here you're there you're all over the place but it's it's a rhythm it's a flow and i i mean i uh, it's um it's unique and um i kind of like i want to know like how long did it take you to feel like you were in that space do you recognize that you're in that space do you know that that's that you have a rhythm or is it taking time to build it what would you say about that in you know in from from your perspective I love the word flow because when I hear flow, I just think of like water. I think of moving yeah. water. Obviously, when you think of moving water and how it flows, you can think how it can also go slow 
and sometimes it can go super fast current. You never really know, but as long as it's moving, it's not stagnant. And in my life, I never wanted to be too stagnant. I remember like in eighth grade, they'd be like, man, you just need to go to sleep. Like you need to chill out. You need to relax. My football coach would be like, you're just always moving. You're always going. I would go to school at six in the morning for workout. So I'd go and take all my classes. I would go home and then get ready for another practice. And then I'll leave that practice. Then I'll do my schoolwork. And then after that, I was like, I have to find the new song. So every day I would get on and download music until like 1230, one o'clock. My mom would be like, all right, it's time to go to bed. My dad would be like, son, like I'm going to tell you this now. You need to start valuing your sleep. Well, I think that's the one thing I still am working on valuing. Yeah. But just getting in a flow and I, every time I get tired, I let her work out. <laughs> like most people drink that's coffee. The and, of most yeah, yeah. Most people drink coffee, but I'm like, if I can wake up, wake my body up in the right way, I can keep going. And so that's what gives me a lot of energy and push through is getting in a flow. A lot of people talk about like yoga, it's a flow, the way the body moves, but like everything moves from the ground up and keeping my body when it's not at rest is probably the best I'm going to be. Like I always move. I'm talking right now. I'm moving <laughs> just in the groove. I'm always, always so in the groove, but I, I do get tired a lot, but yeah. at the same time, like I don't really have time to be stagnant when I am stagnant and needs to be for rest. And right. if I'm <laughs> going to take a 20 minute nap, like I swear I better wake up in 20 minutes because I got a lot more stuff to get, do. So, right. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Um, I was, you mentioned it when you were in eighth grade and I remember talking to one of your close friends that you grew up with in Knoxville. Um, just that he said that you never changed and you've always been, you've always been this guy, just that you were, um, energetic and, um, and loved people. And, and I love that consistency and hearing it from your close friends. And, um, I'm, I'm curious as a kid growing up, what what did you envision for the future for yourself? Yeah, I think when we're a kid, we're always asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like one of those few people who had like 20 different things they wanted to do. Um, I remember like Shaq was huge, Kobe Shaq, you know how it is. Everyone always wanted their interviews. You know, you have the Mamba's mentality and just hard work, hard work, discipline, discipline, do everything you can. I was honestly not that person. Like... I was hard working, but I did not have the best discipline. Like straight up, I knew I'd work hard because my discipline was so bad. <laughs> but it was like when I could make up for that discipline was just hard work and effort and having a positive attitude. It was it's it's just been the one thing I can offer is always a smile, always a positive attitude. And sometimes like, you know, Shaq he would be called multiple different names. But Shaq also was doing so many things that people didn't know. Shaq has multiple businesses. He did an ABC of what he wanted to do. And A was like an a, a basketball player. B was basketball player. C was cop. D and DJ. And he went down the alphabets. He remembered like getting in trouble because his dad was like, A is a cop out. You can't put basketball and then basketball next to it. So after that, I was like, man, what can I do? Like, I wanted at that time to be a professional soccer player. Then I started playing football. I was like, maybe I want to do this. And then I was like, no, I just want to be an agent. Then I was like, all right, I want to be a GM of sports team. I want to be behind the scenes and cultivate these relationships. And then I was like, well, 
everything I do has music around. I kind of love music. And so I got to college and I was like, actually, I just want to be in elementary education. I want to pour it into <laughs> actually, let's yeah, like completely Aww. separate from everything because I just knew like we kept being like, oh, the youth of our country, like yes. that's who we need to be poured into the education. And my family loved, but my upbringing was a little off different. I mean, everyone's different. I'm not going to say I had it worse than some people or better than some people. It just, our household, we accepted different things. And that's where I'm going to put it. And I'm very happy with where I'm at. I'm very loved. But at the same time, like, no one in my school probably dealt with some of the stuff we did. and Or how we dealt with it was different from everyone else. So we just cope differently and we move differently. I think our whole family moves differently. Like, we accept little things. But when I went to a parent teacher conference after being raised completely different than this kid and his family. And I, I was in like my junior year and I just like remember leaving and I like cried and I was like, why am I crying? Like (laughs) they did not say anything to me. Like literally I just observed my teacher just getting broken down and I know how much time she spent with this kid I know how many extra hours she did grading the papers. I know how smart the kid was, but at home, the obedience level and then coming in town or coming to school and having that truth conversation with someone who didn't believe anything the teacher said. She just believed what her kid said and her kid didn't really say anything. She just was like, I expect more from him. His grades need to be higher. This, this, this. But a lot of it is us dealing with stuff that we're not comfortable with in our home life and it's a reflection and it also is a deflection of what we're dealing with so I left that student parent teacher conference and went and changed my major the next day and I was like I'm doing public relations advertising I'm getting far away from far away from all this but I did want to be close to the kids and so I found multiple different ways through charities through um, opportunities through football through soccer where I can continue to like pour into people because it's our job. Like people pour into us. It's our job to continue to fill up the other people's cups. Like, you know, we're in the flow. If that water's still flowing, fill up your cup and then pour it into someone else's. Cause that's, that's what we're here for is that community. But these kids need someone to look up to. Um, One of my biggest accomplishments was getting asked to go back and talk to my church I grew up in. I haven't went to that church in probably like maybe 10 years outside of like Easter, going home for Easter. So it was nice to like come in on a Wednesday. And I remember like looking at it as a blessing because it definitely was not the time I needed to be driving three hours just to speak for an hour and then going back. But I remember like talking about some of my experiences and coming from that football background where every kid wanted to be a basketball player, football player. And I was like, oh, I've been able to do that. It got me through school and then transition into music. While working with like top billboard artists, these kids are like, you met future. Oh my God, little baby was on the same, like in this picture. And so like to them, like hearing these rappers and asking how they were, like their eyes would light up. And I was like, you know, <laughs> a lot of them went to school. A lot of them continued to like do their education, learn way more verbiage than we even know. If you look at how they're right, it's not iambic pentameter and stuff like that, but it really is like tons of different lingos 
They're creative with their words, their cadence, how they speak, how it comes off, how it's read, and also how it's heard. They're painting pictures that we can't even fathom. And so it is really nice to be surrounded by so many people in different cultures with different levels of education, but still one goal. And so that's what, that's kind of where I got and how I got to where I am. Um, it's very different than what I thought I would do when I was a kid. And I tried to tell them the transition of every mistake or the transition of every success, like what you do after that determines where you're going to go. And that was the moral of like my story when I was teaching them, like you can have this goal, you can have this vision, things can change in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like you think you're the best, wait until you see the best in the country. Like you think this football team is the best, you can literally walk and fall and have a heart attack. Like you never know what's going to happen, get hit by a car. So you have to live every day like it's fun. But also you have to have a backup plan and that's education, that's culture, that's art, that's passion. That's the things that are going to keep you happy. You see so many people stop doing what they're doing with music. Well, luckily, they can continue making music because I love it. You get my friend recently, like I saw him a month ago. He retired. He was like, Pro Bowler, great athlete. And he's like, man, I'm just trying to find out what I like to do because he's never had more than a couple months off of football. Like his whole entire life. And he's just literally trying to fulfill the voids in the time. He doesn't know what to do with time. Luckily, he's really good at video games. So he's not getting into trouble. But I think he's just looking for some more passions. Yeah. No, for sure. Hearing hearing all the different routes that you've taken, you know, you embrace change so well. And I know that some people struggle with, I know I have like struggled with, you know, when you switch directions, a lot of times from the outside looking in, it's like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't make it, you know, you failed in that you failed in that and it actually can translate as failure. But, um, but how have you, what would you speak to that for kids that are trying to explore going through their process of learning about themselves and others and going through different changes and then, you know, and, I'm not getting those messages of not listening to those messages of, you know, you didn't succeed or you're a failure in that, or, you know, you gave up too easily or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of times you're hearing that is based upon other people's voices. Mm -hmm. As long as you know, and I, I reminded my friend this yesterday and she's older than me. And I was just like, you're a gorgeous girl. Like, and I'm not talking about your physical appearance, but like inside and out, you are a gorgeous girl. I hope you see the way God sees you. And like, we all are human. We fail every day more than we even know we're failing. We're failing. Like there's so much things that we can do better. There's so many things that we do better and we don't feel like it's up to his standard, our standard or our friend's standard. But I really love memes because they come out of nowhere. (laughs) And one was like, it's like the only L I take is lessons. So it's like, yeah, I'm at a loss, but I I learned from it. And I, I think if we can continue to learn from our failures, I mean, the sky's the limit. It only takes so many failures. And it also, you can learn from other people's failures. That's literally what I want to do. I observe. I like am so analytical. The reason I feel like I am having more success now is because I just watch. I go and I support people and I watch from the crowd. I watch from the artist. I watch 
the people who are literally putting it on, how they market it beforehand, what works. Does it tell you the who, what, when, where, why's? Are the people feeling like they're getting enough of an experience Mm -hmm. and putting it all together? So when someone's losing, and I say losing, it doesn't mean they're losers. It's just they might lose at that time. They might feel like a failure at that time. But what they do next is literally what's going to determine their life. No one's going to be like, oh, my God, you're unsuccessful at that one concert. I mean, it just happens like straight up. I'm not going to say I'm going to be the best at everything because it's unlikely. Like you never know what's going on. We had the 4th of July this past week and it was the busiest Broadway has been. But also the week before they hit higher sales overall. Because it's just like some people are out there like needing to go home and sleep. It's a long weekend. But do you take it as an L? No, you just take it as, hey, this was just how this day went. Let's move forward and try to continue what we've had success with. Because you can't judge yourself from everyone else's. Like you you have to take. And failure is like, if you finished what you started, is it really a failure? At least now you know. That's good. Yeah. Well, I, I was wondering too, are, um, with the, the, in regards to, um, you know, since you are an observer, um, I think sometimes when you're an observer, sometimes you can observe, but it's just one dimensional, right? So how do you keep yourself from observing and, and in a one dimensional sense and not seeing and making an assumption and we all know what assumptions do. And not making an assumption about things that are going on in around yourself. Thank you for keeping it PG. (laughs) I think, um, yeah, from 1D to 3D is the difference. Like you, if you look at all moving parts, you look at the flow, the rhythm of everything, you turn everything into 3D. You want to see what is working, what hasn't worked, what can be better and then apply. And you can make those changes on the spot. Like if you think more people can be there because they haven't seen, you can push out texts, emails. You can do a lot and people will come. If they're already out, they'll come. If it's at home and it's work life, finding a balance, finding how much time you really can be spending putting your phone down and working on the laptop. Quick, easy adjustment to win that day. Now it's like setting an alarm. All right, I'm going to dedicate this much time to this. And I'm not going to say I do every single thing, but I definitely self-help and I definitely read and I apply when I can. Easiest way to start something, say five, four, three, two, one, and do it. <laughs> like it, it's very simple. It uses the frontal cortex instead of the back. It pushes you into a new state of mind. And when you're observing, it's like, what do I need to do? And then five, four, three, two, one do it, move into it, do something, whether you know it's right or wrong, it, it's going to shift. It's going to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. You, you might not see much of a change. You might not see a change, but at least you knew you did something that you thought would help yourself. And you, if, yeah. if it doesn't work, you're literally in the same spot you were 20 minutes ago. Right. That's good. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking about too, like uh, reputation. I know reputation is a big thing, you know, in this city as I've been here for not that long. Um, but you know, you're, you're mayor of Nashville. You, 
that is what you are known by nickname wise. And so, and so how do you keep that being in so many different, I mean, you are, you know, you're in different spaces, you're at a golf tournament, you're at, um, steeplechase, you're at, um, you know, tin roof on Tom Graham, um, you know, at 2am. So how do you, how do you manage that? How do you, um, try to keep it positive around yourself? And what would you, what advice would you give to others coming in and building that? Yeah, I think it's protecting your energy and understanding like some people need it and some people are taking it. And when they need it, you give it. When they're taking it, you block it and move into your, not defense, but you're comfortable. Like what you're comfortable with. I'm very fortunate and so are bartenders that there are, if you look at a bar, there's a space between every bar and that's a comfort zone. So when people lean in, you can take a step back and when they lean in and you know them, you lean back towards them and you cultivate that relationship. You give in a little more time and you laugh at them and then you lean back and keep going. But with DJing as well, I'm very fortunate that I have most desks block me from people and I can say no because I get the weirdest song requests in the world. But at the same time, like sometimes it makes me laugh and I need that. And I'm like, thank you for that. Like I need this song too. So I'll play it. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I cannot even play that. I do not have Shania Twain <laughs> oh, remix. No, I love Shania, but it just won't. It doesn't always fit. It doesn't always fit. And I'm like, this is like a hip hop electronic night. And Shania Twain, I just don't have the right remix for you, but I love her. And they get, some people get so mad and defensive. And I'm like, look, I don't even have a computer. I'm using a flash drive with 10,000 songs. I'm sorry. If it's not one of my 10,000 songs, like enjoy your night, please forgive me. But they get so mad. And I'm just like, whatever you say is not going to change the fact that I have this same flash drive with 10,000 songs and no computer to DJ, whatever you want. So I can't even like let them get to me. And when someone does say something that's funny or I, I, I write it down and I'm like, Hey, if you're here next time, like I'll, I'll download it. Like I'm not saying no because I literally am only saying no because I can't do it. Right. Not because I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I think controlling my energy and protecting it is like really what changed my life multiple, probably like three years ago, understanding giving to people because I don't know why people are out. I really don't. And putting on events, it's such a like blessing because now I DJ, which great quarantine project. It's just extra income, easy way to build my brand and followed a passion that I wanted to do for like 20 years, pretty much. But the event side of it is the analytical, the fun, the seeing the fruits of the labor, um, marketing and all that good stuff. But with that, I don't know why people are showing up. I really don't. So it could be because they need a night out. Some people just like, oh, I just needed to dance. This is so much fun. Some, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's there's people who are like dealing with stuff. I remember when my sister passed away, like 
the night she passed away was the first time all the kids left the the hospital. My mom was like, y'all just need to forget about everything that's going out or inside of your hearts and just have fun with your friends. Cause like none of us saw our friends for a long time. We just wanted to spend with our family. So we went out that night and that's the end up being the night she passed away. And I like felt weird. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And then I got the call like 10 minutes later and I was like, God is so good. I'm glad I had that night. I'm glad I'm with people who love me because I went out with literally my best friend. But like other people are dealing with that too. And then there's people who just want to get fucked up and forget about their life. And it happens. And I hope it doesn't happen as much. But you never know why they're there. And so that's another time I can like... I I mean, I'm the type of person who will literally stand on a chair and put his hands up fist pumping and then get off the chair and talk to someone two minutes later and say a prayer with them. So like, I do not know why people are going out and it could be a celebration of a birthday, a celebration of a person. Um, there's multiple, I mean, we're in Nashville. It could be engagement. It could be literally bridal shower. It could be a bachelorette, bachelor, but we don't know. So I think giving everyone the right amount of opportunity to get them to know each other as also the right amount of energy that they need to be at their best because we want to keep the suicide rate. Like it doesn't need to be like people are going out just to drink and that's not the case. And I'm starting to realize that. And Ephraim and I, we had a really good talk the other day and we were like, we didn't know why people were going out and he gave me a story about when he was a bouncer and like he was about to kick someone out. And he, when he turned to talk to the guy, the guy was like, he saw like deep hurt into his eyes and he was like on the verge of tears and stuff. But like it happens way more than we even know. And we find out reasons why people are one going out, but also running from their problems all the time. And I think when I started this industry and I could be like very vulnerable and tell y'all like when I started my reasonings were very different I was like party let's do this oh I can make extra money on the side by like selling tickets or I was like my friend will help me like send me money because I'm like sending him people who want even more extra creativity and I was like all right so I have to get away from all this and focus on this other branch which is passion and fun and like if I can find someone's passion and fun they can forget about why they're here and their whys are what control their actions and like you know you you hear about suicide all the time and it's like why me why this and it's like why not me like I have an opportunity to please these people like why not me I know that God you gave me the strength to deal with this I know you put me in this place for a reason. And I think just changing my perception and mindset of now events, now as DJs, now anything I do marketing, I have to be like at an all time high. Like I have to give them my energy. I know it's like a joking factor because like both of y'all are with me a little bit too much, especially you because you're my assistant. But like, you're like, you don't give me all of you at times. And I'm like, you don't really need all of me right now. But when you do, I will be all there because right. I can give that hundred percent. If you give all of you all the time, like what are you saving for yourself? So I think realizing each relationship and I, I'd much rather meet someone new, a hundred new people and then find out 
three things about me and just continue dapping up the same person I've known for six years and have no clue that I have siblings, no clue that I even put the event on because he's just going to have a good time and hook up with girls. Like there's, there's just so much what goes on in my head and I'm like, Oh, I got to see this guy. Watch this. I'm going to give him a handshake. We're going to give a hug. Good to see you. And we're walking away. I kid you not. It's like clockwork for multiple people in Nashville too. And like being a household name, that's awesome. That's great. I love it. But like also when people know something about me and invite me to their house, like I almost can't say no because I'm just like, man, you want to invest in our friendship. That's the biggest blessing. Like that's, that's what really drives me to continue to meet more people because we have so many people with great stories and I hope someone is getting to hear them because it's not always going to be me. I feel like you're always invited, but more than anything, I feel like that's your posture that you, um, you come with, like you're, you just kind of come with that mindset of I'm, I'm here, I'm invited. How can I help? And like, you're always adding value. But I think one of my favorite things, um, that I've seen working with you is that you always have time for people slowing down and you just take a moment and, um, and just to, you know, I, when I was with you assisting one of the first times, I just remember people like several people coming out to you that night and just being like, Cisco, you are just, you know, you're just the definition of love. Like you love people so well and giving like high five or whatever. And I mean, that is extremely invaluable. And, um, and I feel like something that our culture, especially the younger generation needs to know how to not look at their phone. You're from, no, he's not on his phone. Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, uh, not look at their phone and, and be present and in the moment because time we cannot get back. And so, and you understand that firsthand from having, you know, loss in your family. So, um, but yeah, I mean, how, how would you, um, tell people to, you know, what would you say to people that need to learn how to be more present and, and how would you learned about that? Being present is huge. We were we were at the fireworks this week and he was dancing and he I like at first I was like, man, this guy won't put his phone down. But then I was like, this guy's having way better time than anyone around us. And like I just started smiling. And they're like, Why are you laughing? I was like, This guy's loving life. Like my whole demeanor changed because of this guy and like he he recorded the whole thing, but he was more present than anyone there. Like he really enjoyed it. He was like, Oh, like screaming. And everyone was laughing with him and not at him. He made like, like people started dancing around him. And I mean, it's to the like Nashville symphony and he like really loved it. And I felt like that was the definition. If you're going to be on your phone and being present, he is exactly what I think more people need to do. Instead of standing and holding their phone where the person behind them can't see, so now they hold their phone up, and then now everyone's watching through a phone. I just recommend people to use their phone and then put it down. You don't need a video of the whole concert. You don't need a video of much. I doubt people watch their fireworks more than, like, two other times. And... It's, it is hard because that's what our generation is. And I mean, I have meetings with TikTokers and influencers and Instagram and Facebook, Snapchat. I didn't even know has this big of a pool still, but I'm sitting here in these meetings and like 
it really is crucial for these people to get this content. And it, and like, we don't know why they're holding their phones up, but they're actually being a lot more present than we look. I know when we went into COVID, that was the biggest thing. I was like, dang, I hate that all the menus are on our phone. And I was looked around and I didn't know at first, like it took me so long to accept it. Cause I was like, dang, like there's six of us and we're still on our phones. And they're like, we're looking at the menu, Cisco. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot. Like, I'm literally not used to it. And until this, like, past week, I probably accepted it. And now we're back to, like, normal menus and stuff. But it it is tough to, like, even tell people because you don't know why they're on their phone yeah. and you don't know how present they are. I'm, I live off my phone. Like, I, if I can do everything from my phone, I'm going to do it. If I can download an app and I'm going to do it, I'm making, like everyone's seeing these on these huge led screens behind artists and i'm sitting there making them from my phone and like people have no clue it's so funny but even using instagram making ads texting i write everything out on notes like i don't even know abby if you've seen my computer outside of you having it for like four days like i try my hardest if you see me on a computer just know I'm not going to look at you. I'm going to do everything I can as fast as possible. And I'm going to get it done and I'm going to move on. But I think being present is being engaged with your intention. Yeah. So if you are making a TikTok, See. if you're making an Instagram story, be so engaging on that 15-second video that you have one take and you're done and you can be so engaging with everyone around you after that. If it's your favorite song, do it with intention, record it, be present, have fun, watch that video and make yourself smile later, but put your phone up after that. You don't need the full 45 seconds to two minutes of anything. I swear, 15 seconds, you know the songs. You might, and trust me, I'm actually encouraging it because you guys are what makes my life go around. Everyone tag me, tag my stories, tag my artists, tag, because that's literally what brings me income. But it's also a biggest like blessing. Like we get to go back, remember these stories and we're like, oh, you remember this? Like Mitchell Tenpenny was like, right before you started, I know you didn't see it until like the stories, but I wish you were there. There's so many. And then I'm like, look at this sold out crowd, but I use it later because now it's like, on half of our things we like oh this event really well this is like a picture of our crowd like this event really well this is like how our stage setup is this event went really well so i use all that but also i still everyone else's i'm like i'll download their video that's yeah. great like you think i can be at 50 places at once everyone thinks yeah. that but it's not true i well, just and I, and I feel like you kind of like uh you know you, you get all your stuff done on your phone throughout the day to save time be efficient but it, the goal is not to continue doing that the goal is to turn it off you know and have those moments being at like uncut experience shout out to chase who didn't come today to be uncut or you know at these events um and and walk through the crowd and say hello and take yeah. a moment because if you don't use that time that you did earlier in the day then you won't have that oh and those so, are all with intention like yeah. being present and having the intention we say we're going to obviously i'm going to support my friend obviously i'm going to support artists and obviously i like 
help where I can with Uncut, but it's also with everything. Like if I can be present, I can network, I can give them my all on those times. Like I'm developing great relationships and not only do you develop them, but like you continue to pour into it. You build this friendship instead of acquaintanceship. And and we were talking briefly before it and I know y'all are like, Oh, let's look at this, this, this. And I was like, wait, let's wait for the podcast before we get into it. So I'll just go ahead and get into it. But um, obviously, I'm very fortunate with meeting some of the best people in the world. And I say that as some are very good artists, some are very good athletes, some are very good people, some are good at their jobs as attorneys, some are great dentists, some are great doctors, some are literally working the tickets. Uh, yeah and what you define as a good person exactly and like i literally ask people i'm like what do you do throughout your day and they're like oh for work and i'm like no whatever you want to do like if you just had a free day what would you do because now i know what i'm gonna probably do with you i don't know if i'm gonna work with you i don't even care if i do or not right now i'm honestly like okay with not working with anyone who i don't already work with (laughs) just like trying to trying to find out how to sleep right now but um yeah and so i just like want to know what we can do on our free time i met an artist that i was working with multiple i've never worked with him i've listened to him multiple years and like he was new in national i was like man i'm so sorry that you're hurt i dealt with that i had a brace on for a year i was like there's so many things that people are going to invite you to but like i want to do the chill stuff like i'm i'm literally just needing to like reserve my energy and we got in a whole conversation and like I just was like, let's go to dinner and let's go sit by the pool. Let's not go on the lake for one week. And I love the lake. So like, but I also know what it's like to be invited to 50 different things that you can't do in one week. And so I just like reached out and we've now like text every day and just little things like that. Most football players are going through their playbook. Then they're going to practice and then they're relaxing a little and a lot of them have families so like all they want to do is like be a person when they're not in football so you don't want to bring up football and ask them are you excited about this season Ryan Hennehill's have you been working out with your hand like the answer is yes to all those like there's just stupid questions but like that person would literally be like oh say Taylor Juan how's your kids like how's your knee are you um, enjoying the summer house busting with the boys? I love that you get to do it with like your best friend. Like that's the stuff he wants to talk about. And trust me, he loves football. It's literally his passion. But at the same time, he loves his family way more than anything in the world. So it's like learning what these people want to talk about. And it's done in the first five minutes. They'll tell you everything they want to talk about if you ask the right questions and not what they do. And, um, and and that's one of the things I feel like I've noticed just in this entire conversation is you're such a good learner because and that's that's like a defining characteristic of you. you you're a learner and you continually learn and observe and learn and and, and are analytical and everything. Okay, but this is we talked about good things about Cisco. Tell us something that. Let's talk, let's talk about awkward Cisco, like when you were young. Like, come on, tell us something that, you know, people don't know oh, or gosh. like that's awkward. embarrassing for you or like, come on. Awkward Cisco is yeah. literally still going really yeah. quick, but no. Um, what do you want to get better at? What are you not good at? Punctuality. I think since like, I really want like for real, for real, this is like 
honest as can be, I would love to be five minutes early to everything. I don't want to be 10 minutes early because then I get bored for five minutes. I want to be five minutes early to every single thing because right now I'm probably five minutes late. But someone took the anxiety out of it four years ago. I listened to the, um, it's called The Order Charm. It's a podcast. And this one podcast, very simple. If you're going to be late, let them know. And you'll be surprised what their response is. The most simple moment of my life. Like, I don't know why I used to just like have so much anxiety. I know I'm going to be late 45 minutes before I'm late. I already do. I just know it's me and I try my hardest not to. But in that 10 minutes where I'm like, all right, will I be there two minutes early? Or will I be there two minutes late or 10 minutes late? I don't know. But 10 minutes before and like, especially if you're in your car, you just put in your GPS. I let everyone know. Like I'm like, hey, look. I will be two minutes late. And if it says two minutes, you add two minutes. I'll be four minutes late. Sometimes I'm there on time. And you know what? They're like, oh, my God, you're on time. I thought you were like, they're, they're already expecting. And they're warm welcoming. And then if I'm ten, 10 minutes late, at least they know. I'm like, be prepared. I'm coming in hot. Like laughing about it. But just it took all my anxiety away for being late and I would love to never have anxiety or be late. So that's something I really have been working on this year. I'm not going to say I'm super successful because obviously we just talked about failure, but (laughs) failing being on time is something that really is happening. But also, you know, we talked about like, it's a lesson. Like I know certain people who do not like it and I put my alarm 30 minutes before I'm supposed to be there and I'm sitting in my car and I sit on my phone waiting for them to show up because I know literally from failing them once that it won't happen again. And I'm just like, man, this is someone who is very punctual. He read, he was there 15 minutes early. Let me know when he was parking 20 minutes early. And like, it makes me feel uncomfortable because now I'm like, damn, I'm about to be still 10 minutes late. He's going to be 30 minutes yeah. without me being there. So I think that's like a huge thing and learning and applying and like yeah. mental notes after. But yeah, there's, I'm not going to talk about. Is there, any, is there anything like you could tell us like juicy, like when you were eight years old, eight year old Cisco, were you like a chubby kid? Like, were, you know, no, like probably, how has your mind renewed from eight year old Cisco? Are you still eight year old Cisco? Yeah. <laughs> straight up. Child, child by yeah. innocence. I still have this, I think the only thing that changed is I don't need to know what happens when I push over a face. Like, I know how it's going to break. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I was like, I always wanted to know. I was like, Curious George. It's my nickname. I look like a little monkey. I was hairy. Like, oh, I was skinny. I was just always, like, lanky, kind of clumsy. Oh. Grew into my body. Always trying to figure out what was happening around or what would happen. And now I just, like, I know. I still want to be like, I wonder what would happen if this chair fell. Like, but I'm like, actually, like, I know what's going to happen. I don't even need to see it. Like, I literally want to know how some things are taken apart. And then I'm like, <laughs> if I take this apart, I'm not going to get it back together. I'm going to have to buy a new one. Like, I still have all these like childlike, innocent things that I want to be done. And like, when I was eight, I used to do it. Now I'm not. And I usually, I'm, I'm kind of frugal. Break everything. My family hated me. They're like, this is the smartest dumb kid I've ever met. Like, I was in tag and gifted, and then like speech because I'll be like, I'll just not talk to people. 
And they're like, oh, your son, I, like literally on paper, I was super smart. But also I was dealing with stuff at home. So I'm like, I'm not going to talk to my teacher. And they're like, I swear he knows his ABCs. Like he knows how to count. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, not even eighth grade, but like coming, my mom was an etiquette teacher. Like we all were so smart. I just didn't want to like deal with people. And yeah. then like I would whisper to people but I wouldn't talk to him. And then my teacher would like do it on paper and she'd be like, this guy, like he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. I was just like a hellion. Like I didn't know. I wasn't always comfortable. I would honestly say like the biggest change was my sophomore year of my life. Because like before that you got, you got me, but I didn't really understand. I wasn't very proud of who I was. I didn't know. Like there's jokes that always were said, but it wasn't like supposed to be mean. I just know how to take it. But I would say, like, my sophomore year was the transition. I went to a private school that I probably shouldn't have been able to get into. But, like, obviously, like, I'm so out of school right now. It doesn't even matter. I had um, a family friend who's my godfather take me shopping for this school. He brought he bought me, like, everything. He ha- would have had a son my age. He, like, cared. He was my dad's best friend. My sister was his daughter's best friend. They were an amazing family, but he really wanted the best for me. So I went to another school away from all my siblings, and I loved it. Like, I really did, but I'm also glad things transitioned. So I went to this school that was private, and my friend had, like, an elevator in his house. And I was like, dang, your house is bigger than our apartment building. Like, there's, like, eight apartments in one building that I live in, and your house is literally bigger than that. My other friend, in their 16th birthday, he's got, like, a four-door Jeep Wrangler, like, 2000-whatever, the year before. Amazing. But he had a batting cage in his attic. I was like, dang, in a pool, in a boat, and two jet skis, and, like, the nicest parents ever. And then I had a girlfriend, and, like, she was... So beautiful, inside out. Literally, those three, these three people are what changed my life and accepted me for who I am. But it was all three of them came, and I was like, I just have to run inside to get something. And I, I think we were going to like a concert, and one of my friends was driving, and I was like, these three people who are pretty rich um, came into my house, and they like talked to my mom and started complimenting everything we had and we didn't have a lot but like what we did have was organized put together and not broken anymore (laughs) so I had these three guys and like I mean one's Kenya Austin Joe Bruce um they made me accept for everything that I was and I was like I might not have a lot but at least like they're literally loving what we do have to offer and I feel like that's what we all need to see is like the person might not have as much as what we have, but find what they have to offer and love it. And and I feel like sophomore year, that was when I was like, all right, like I left my house being like proud for the first time that I lived in an yeah. apartment with five people and th- it was How three bedroom apartment. How did they meet, help you accept? Complimenting my mom for what she did have to offer. One asking if they could come over and spend the night more. And then they called it the tree house because it looked like a jungle and everything. And it was just like, and we had like off name Oreos, like literally. And they were like, these are better than Oreos. Why don't my parents get them? 
<laughs> like little things that you don't even think about. But, but like you remember as a kid. So. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we get these all the time, like literally. But um, it was just cool to have them who I thought like, yeah, and they, and I think also it was the first time I had like friends who understood like they looked at me for me. Yeah. And I looked at them for who they were, yeah. not what their parents had. What Because I didn't know when I first met them. We all were just friends. Like, it didn't matter. It's like when you're in the little kid on the playground. You, like, see a girl and, like, she's playing with the sand thing. And next thing you know, she's, like, letting you dig holes and putting a sand castle together with six other kids who you have no clue who these boys or girls <laughs> yeah. are. I wish, and, I wish the world was like that yeah, right and, now. But that's how it was when I transferred schools. And, like, these people literally were just, like, Outside of me being good at sports, and I wasn't even, <laughs> I thought I was smart until I went to that school. I wasn't even smart, but like they would just love me for me and like laughing. And like every day they would make fun of me because I'll get my peanut butter, my MMs every day. And they like one day my friend brought me $20 and he was like, Hey, this is from my mom because she knows how much you love these MMs. This should hold you for like two weeks. And like literally, like that's the no, type of stuff no, that they did. Yeah, and they would. Yeah, and they would be like, "Hey, we went home and like told our mom how much you loved M and M's, and like that's the the people I was surrounded by and made me feel comfortable with who I am. That they would like one invest in my M and M's, but oh. two like in my house and want to be around us. So, yeah, I think that was like the good, bad, ugly until like I think sophomore year, and that that was a big transition year period but I think middle school you're like love and life I think high school is when you start hitting puberty finding out who you were I think I had like some acne and stuff and everyone doesn't believe me because I don't have a blemish right now but I just say I've been yes, using yes. yeah I've been using Ephraim's <laughs> face cream face oh cream. my god <laughs> he, he does have one <laughs> Shout out to, uh, what's the brand? <laughs> I'm just Skin Skinceuticals. I don't know. Walmart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this up. Right. But, um, okay. Well, that was, a, that was, that was fun for me to sit back and watch. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Abby's first podcast. Yeah, She's, yeah, good job. This is what happens when you have two two bosses who are really good friends and <laughs> the goat. Yeah, well, no, it was, it was great. Okay, so um, obviously this is our second one, so people can go back and listen to the first one. You get to know more about Cisco, and then you get to know even more about Cisco. And they can always follow you at Cisco underscore Carter. And then also for anyone that's wanting to do events, Cisco uh, has a company, FOMO Entertainment. FOMO Entertainment. So he can book you events. He can be your DJ. He can be your DJ at your wedding. Just get fans. your yeah, get your pocketbooks ready because Cisco is uh, worth a lot of money. So yeah. we're coming in hot. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's gonna do it for today. So. This is, this is great, man. This has been one of my favorite not having to talk. Well, we always appreciate you and thank you from, for bringing out the best in everyone. For real, talk about the ultimate shift. This really has been life-changing, not only for me, but multiple people listening. So, right, As for me, and also Abby Pill today. Thanks Abby Sue Pill. Abby Sue Pill. I.E. for Abby. That's right. <laughs> All right. Peace, everyone. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. 
Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.